Welcome back to Lost Touch Channel. My name is Anton Vjeltsen. I'm an attorney in the Southern District of California here in San Diego. Today we're going to look at another variation of a prolonged stop. Something to keep in mind. A traffic stop that is lawful at its inception can still violate the Fourth Amendment if the officers unreasonably prolong the time of the stop beyond what's necessary in order to give you that initial citation. Today, we're going to look at a case from the state of California. But before we go on, I want to thank you for watching me on YouTube, hitting that subscribe button and sharing this channel with your friends and family. And if you're listening to the podcast version of this recording on Audible or Spotify, please give my podcast a five star review rating. And finally, if you want to be a real MVP, please consider going to lostash.com merch and checking out some of my products, including t-shirts, hats, and other things. Thanks for watching. Quick message from Lostash. Are you charged with a crime? Or do you want to know your rights if stopped by police? Watch California attorney Anton Vjeltsin discuss legal cases from the Supreme Court, Ninth Circuit, and California State Courts on the Lostash YouTube page. Anton has handled hundreds of federal and state criminal cases, has an in-depth knowledge of the law, and has the best mustache ever. Subscribe to the Lostash YouTube page. That's L-A-W-S-T-A-C-H-E. Today we'll be discussing a California appellate case, the people of California versus Joseph Georgie. Now, I usually recite the facts from memory, but I think in these sort of cases, dealing with prolonged stops, the timeline becomes critical. So I think it will give you a better video if I read the facts directly from the opinion. So here it goes. About 12.45 in the afternoon on March 16, 2018, Officer Anthony McGlide of the Anaheim Police Department was on duty with his canine partner, Titan, a certified narcotics detection police dog. McGlade was contacted by an undercover officer regarding a black pickup truck that had been at the Tampico Motel. The undercover officer stated the vehicle had been acted suspiciously but did not explain further. McGlade knew drug trafficking was a problem at this motel. McGlade saw the truck driving down the avenue and pulled up behind it in his marked police unit. I think it's important to note here that it's a marked unit. As he started following the truck, the truck's turn signal illuminated for a couple of seconds before the truck abruptly moved to adjacent lane, causing a vehicle traveling in that lane to brake hard. McGlade deemed the truck's lane change to be unsafe in violation of the vehicular code, specifically section 22107. Now, in order for the vehicle to be pulled over, all the officers need to have is reasonable suspicion that a crime has occurred. And here we have a traffic violation. So, of course, the officer can pull over this vehicle. McGlade initiated a traffic stop of the truck, which immediately pulled over and stopped. McGlade activated his body video camera after the truck stopped. He exited his police car and contacted the truck's driver, Georgie. In the first minutes of the traffic stop, McGlade asked Georgie for his driver's license and inquired if the truck was his. Georgie provided his California driver's license to McGlade. Over the next few minutes, McGlade asked Georgie several questions, including whether Georgie was on probation or parole whether he was a narcotics or sex registrant, whether he had any needles or sharp objects in the truck, 
and whether he had any weapons or drugs in the truck. Giorgio responded he was a registered sex offender under Penal Code Section 290, but denied everything else. Then McGlade asked about prior arrests. Georgie mentioned two prior felony arrests. One was for a theft offense, and both were non-violent felonies. After learning Georgie was a registered sex offender, McGlade questioned him as to whether he was current on his registration requirements. Georgie stated that he was. McGlade continued with this line of inquiry, asking Georgie where he was registered and where he lived. Georgie provided a long explanation indicating the house where he had been living was sold after his mother passed away. And he was having difficulties with his family and inheritance. Georgie informed McGlade he had been staying at local motels. McGlade inquired which hotels and after some reminding, Georgie said he had been staying at the Tampico Motel. He stated he had been in Anaheim for only two nights. At this point in the traffic stop, about four or five minutes in, McGlade ordered Georgie out of the truck so he could do a pat-down for weapons for officers' safety purposes. Now, remember, in order to pat somebody down, usually officers need to think that the person is armed and dangerous. So here, it's not clear exactly why there's this pat-down. Georgie got out of his truck and walked to the sidewalk with McGlade. When McGlade directed Georgie to sit on the curb, Georgie inquired if McGlade was going to pat him down. McGlade explained he could not do the pat-down search until another officer arrived. Georgie sat on the curb as directed by McGlade when Georgie asked why he was pulled over and what was going on. McGlade responded, I'll get to that, I'll tell you shortly, or something to that effect. Now, I think it is critical when you get pulled over to ask officers the reasoning behind being pulled over. And here, it seems like it's been already five or six minutes before those questions even started. Officer John Pascalucci arrived between the sixth and fifth minute of the traffic stop Prior to conducting the pat-down search, McGlade explained to Georgie he was pulled over because he made an abrupt lane change and the vehicle behind him had to slam on his brakes. Georgie inquired why McGlade had him get out of the truck and McGlade responded it was for officer's safety. McGlade performed a pat-down search on Georgie and found nothing illegal. At this point in the traffic stop, about 7 and one half minutes in, McGlade told Georgie he was a canine handler and had the right to take the police dog around Georgie's truck. When Georgie refused to give him permission to search the truck's interior with a police dog, McGlade said something akin to, it really doesn't matter. You don't have to say yes or no. It really doesn't matter what you think. I have the right to be able to do this. McGlade began preparations to have Titan sniff the exterior of Georgie's truck. Georgie had a small Maltese dog inside the truck. McGlade informed Georgie he was going to take the Georgie's dog out of the truck's cab. Georgie said he did not want McGlade in the truck's cab and would take out his dog himself. McGlade walked Georgie from the curb to the truck and allowed Georgie to remove the dog through the half-open passenger side window. 
he then had Georgie return to and sit on the curb. Maglade opened the driver's door on Georgie's truck, turned the key to the accessory mode, and rolled up the truck's windows. Because the halfway open window would be a safety hazard for Titan during the dog sniff. Georgie protested when Maglade entered the truck's cab, but Maglade told Georgie he had the right to go into the truck to roll up the windows. Maglade retrieved Titan from his police car and had the dog sniff the truck's exterior. Maglade made several orbits around the truck with Titan. At 11 minutes and 54 seconds into the traffic stop, Titan alerted to an area underneath the truck's bed. Titan's alert indicated to Maglade Titan had detected the odor of narcotics and pinpointed to the location of the odor. Maglade continued taking Titan around the truck's exterior. After Titan alerted to the bottom seam of the driver's door, Maglade let Titan into the truck's cab to search for narcotics. Titan showed an interest in the bags on the truck's back seat, but did not present a final alert, which indicated to Maglade that Titan had detected the odor of narcotics, but could not pinpoint the source of the odor. Maglade returned Titan to his police car before he and Pascalucci searched the truck's interior. In the search, they found methamphetamine and a glass pipe with white residue indicating of having been used to smoke methamphetamine. Inside a backpack that was inside a cardboard box, they found an unloaded handgun and an empty magazine and six live rounds of ammunition. After finding the firearm, Maglade conducted a records check on George's criminal history and learned he was prohibited from possessing the firearm because he had been convicted of a felony, being felon in possession. Georgie was arrested and charged, charges were filed against him for unlawful possession of drugs, paraphernalia, a firearm, and ammunition. Remember, the Fourth Amendment protects against unreasonable searches and seizures, and generally speaking, officers need to have a warrant in order to conduct a search. Now, I've made previous videos on warrantless searches of automobiles. There are many exceptions that the Supreme Court has acknowledged and discussed throughout the years where officers who make a lawful stop of a vehicle may search inside the vehicle if they have reasonable suspicion or probable cause and other reasons. There are automobile exceptions, there's inventory searches, and other exceptions related to automobiles. Here, Georgie argues to the lower court and later on appeal that while this search was lawful at its inception, it became prolonged, which violates the Fourth Amendment. We have a case of United States versus Rodriguez, a Supreme Court case, which said that officers who lawfully stop a vehicle cannot prolong the stop beyond what's necessary to accomplish the initial mission of the stop. The United States Supreme Court has identified tasks that are part of an officer's mission during a stop for traffic violation. Beyond determining whether to issue a traffic ticket, an officer's mission includes ordinary inquiries incident to the traffic stop. Typically, such inquiries involve checking the driver's license, determining whether there are outstanding warrants against the driver, and inspecting the automobile's registration and proof of insurance. 
that temporary detention may also include a criminal history check, which is done by consulting an in-car computer or radio dispatch. And although not specifically compelling by law, certain other steps customarily taken as a matter of good police practice are no less intimately related to the citation process. For example, the officer will usually discuss the violation with the motorist and listen to any explanation the latter may wish to offer. These tasks are included within the officer's mission during a traffic stop because they serve the same objective as enforcements of the traffic code. Ensuring the vehicles on the road are operated safely and responsibly, an officer may also inquire a lawfully stopped driver to exit the vehicle for officer safety to complete his traffic stop mission. On-scene investigation into other crimes, however, deters from the traffic stop's mission. So to do safety precautions taken in order to facilitate such detours, while an officer may conduct certain unrelated checks during an otherwise lawful traffic stop, the officer may not do so in a way that prolongs the stop, absent the reasonable suspicion ordinarily demanded to justify detaining an individual. The court notes five major issues with this traffic stop. The first problem we have, of course, is that the initial lawful stop begins with the officer asking Georgie for his driver's license. But he does not ask for any other documents, which is quite surprising because, as a reminder that I just read to you, the Supreme Court said that ordinarily officers are allowed to ask for the driver's license as well as proof of insurance and the vehicle's registration. But he didn't ask for those other documents. So, from the outset, the way the stop begins seems strange to this court. Then the second problem is that it took five minutes before the officer even explained to Georgie what was going on. And all this time, Mr. Georgie was sitting on the curb, clueless as to the reasons why he got pulled over. Then, of course, there were completely unrelated questions to the traffic stop about Georgie's background, sex offender registration, and other unrelated questions, like where he lived and whether he was up to date with his registration. All of this was unrelated to the initial stop. Remember, the initial stop is for changing the lanes illegally or recklessly. You can look up that statute, but it has nothing to do with the sex offender registration. And then, of course, we have the pat down. It came out of nowhere. And by the way, the officers didn't find anything on Mr. Georgie during that pat down. And finally, as to the fifth issue, we have the detours that needed to happen in order to facilitate the dog sniff. What I'm talking about is the officer going inside the vehicle, rolling and unrolling the windows, getting Mr. Georgie to take out his dog out of the vehicle. All of this is extra time that's really unnecessary to the initial mission. Now, the government argues that the second officer could give the citation while the first officer conducts a drug-sniffing dog inspection. Now, that is correct. If the officer 
one of them gives a citation and the other one is conducting a dog sniff, well, that's legal under Rodriguez because it doesn't prolong the stop. But here, that argument doesn't fly because the court correctly notes that during preliminary examination, the second officer testified that his mission as a backup officer was to make sure that Officer McGlade was safe. The whole idea is to have two officers there for their own, each other's safety. And of course, on video, we can see that the second officer never even took his citation booklet out. So he was not giving a ticket during the whole 11, 12 minutes that Georgie was pulled over. Now, the government then tries to save the day by saying that even if the stop was prolonged, it was because there was reasonable suspicion that Georgie committed other crimes. And once they have reasonable suspicion about other crimes, they can, of course, prolong the stop. The first thing that the government argues is that Georgie might have not been compliant with Penal Code 290 registration because he was a sex offender. But the court says that this does not work in this case. The argument fails because we know that the officer never pursued that mission. He was never trying to figure out whether the registration was up to date and correctly done. Instead, he was doing dog sniff. So that doesn't work. The second thing that the government tries to do is argue that Georgie was involved in drug activity. Now, again, the court says there's nothing on the record to suggest that Georgie was involved in criminal activity. Just because he was present at that particular motel that's known for drug activity doesn't mean that Georgie himself was involved in any crimes. So both of these reasons fail because there's nothing on the record to suggest that they're true. At the end of the day, the court says that this was in fact a prolonged stop that violated the Fourth Amendment. And all the evidence that was found during the search had to be suppressed and could not be used against Mr. Georgie at trial. So I hope you understand a little bit more about traffic stops and how the officers have to actively pursuing the initial mission on giving the person that citation. And they're not allowed to prolong the stops beyond the reasonable time that's necessary for them to complete that mission. If you enjoyed this video, please click like, hit the subscribe button, share my channel with your friends and family. And finally, if you want to support my channel, consider going to lostash.com and checking out some of the merch, including the Do Not Arrest This Person t-shirts, hats, and other items. Thanks a lot for watching.